You're listening to the Laura the Library Lady podcast, presented by the Maslin Public Library. Hi, it's Laura, the Library Lady, coming to you from the Maslin Public Library in the Duncan House Basement Studio here. And today I am with a local author, Dwight Parrish. Welcome, Dwight. Thank you for having me. As a local author from our area, would you like to talk about your background and where you're from? Sure. I've been born and raised here in Canton, Ohio. Graduated from Timken Senior High School, then went on to earn a bachelor's degree in finance from Walsh College which is now, now Washington University. University. Okay. Uh, and from there, I earned a master's in business administration from Malone University. Uh, following that, I uh, started a career at American Electric Power. And six years ago, I retired from there after 38 years of service. So just living the retirement life now. <laughs> well, congratulations, six well, years you. later. Thank you. How did you get started in writing? I mean, with a finance background and a business background? Well, I've always had a, a passion for writing. I think I wrote my first poem and maybe, I think it was junior high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually won a milkshake uh, you in social won studies a class. a milkshake. Yes. Uh, the poem was on air pollution. <laughs> That's a good prize. So... Yes, it was. It was a McDonald's milkshake. So that was a very good prize at that time. Well, that was inspiring for a seventh grade boy, you know. Absolutely. Why should I write this poem? Because you get a milkshake. Exactly. Exactly. Wonderful. But it was about pollution? It was about pollution. Uh, But as I stated, I've always had a passion. Uh, My first love is actually public speaking. Ah, well, Uh, you're the perfect guest on the (laughs) podcast today then. Well, and then uh, back in 2018, 2017. Yeah. Uh, spring of 2017, I suffered a stroke, which affected my uh, speaking and my balance. And so after that, I would have trouble finding the words uh-huh. right. that, that I wanted to say. I knew what the words were, but just trying to locate them mm-hmm. uh, was really difficult. And that, that really took me down. And uh, so I just began to write. You know, I needed a way to express myself and to get it out. So that's when I really dropped back and really started focusing on on writing. Well, that's really interesting. And you would never be able to tell. Obviously, you've uh, made a good recovery. I'm working on it. That's wonderful. That's good. (laughs) Um, So you have written poems and um, what other type of writing do you like to do? Poems have pretty much been what I've I've written so far. Uh, My goal, though, is to write a memoir. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, that's my next step. Good. All right. Well, um, being a nonfiction writer, obviously you don't model characters after yourself, but clearly you're interested in, um, you know, going into some depth with your own relationship with yourself, uh, with the memoir. Do you feel that that's going to be very cathartic for you? It it already is. Oh. Uh, Writing for me is, is a way to get my thoughts out. Mm-hmm. put them on paper and actually help me clarify what those thoughts are. Uh, hence the title of the book, Sketches of Me, an Unfinished Poem. And what I attempted to do was uh, present bits and pieces of my personal life, uh, viewing myself, viewing all of us actually, uh, as just always evolving, mm-hmm. you know, never staying the same, 
one day to the next, you know, things are evolving. So uh, it's definitely a personal matter. And it's my what I call my poetic memoir. Ah, okay. So does that um, feel, you know, when someone's going to read about you in your book, how does that make you feel since it's so personal? Actually, it, it, it works out well uh, because I guess what I'm trying to do, the book focuses on fo- or on, fo- on faith, family, and uh, race. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm actually just expressing all my thoughts. And I think, you know, as, as a poet, as a new poet, you know, being vulnerable is, is pretty much where I, I, I get my writing from. Uh-huh. You know, it, it, it just comes out that way. Uh-huh. So that works for me. Wow. It sounds really scary, you know, in a way to put yourself out there like that. It, it can be, you know, if I can put something out there to help someone else, uh-huh. uh, then, okay. you know, I, I think it's worth it. So. Uh, I like I said, I just write what I feel, you know, maybe later on I'll go back and maybe edit some things, sure. uh, switch some things around. But pretty much it's what you see on paper is what I was thinking. OK, I uh, wanted to know if you would like to read us a little bit. Sure. I'd love to hear that. I will read a poem that's titled Uninhabitable. Uninhabitable. Moving out. Place isn't the same. Holds sentimental value, but I've outgrown it. Too small to house all my blessings. No more room in my walk-in closet to hang all of my hopes. Collected so much junk, can't find what I need. Boxes upon boxes of doubts, frustration, fears, and even friends, for lack of a better word, stacked to the ceiling. No room to breathe. Just get rid of stuff, they said. But there's other issues. Place isn't insulated at all. Haters and negative influencers seep through every wall, window, and door. Dreams escape through the roof. Stove doesn't cook like it used to. Burning ideas before they're done. Cable goes out every week bringing back disturbing news about disturbing people doing disturbing things. Toilet won't even flush the waste people dump here. Nope, moving out of this mindset. Maybe you should move too. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Wow, especially the toilet. (laughs) Very creative. But, you know, and the the part about the cable with the disturbing images of disturbing people, um, Mm -hmm. that's that's really true. You know, I think we get caught up in things disturbing our lives and our our, um, relationships, maybe. A lot of noise. Yes. Yes. I liked it. All right. Well, do you ever find yourself getting writer's block? You know, actually, I I don't. And I say that because... I, I only write when it flows out. Okay. The only time I really get writer's block is when I'm asked by someone else to write a poem. I see. That so I'm sense. trying to put things together or I'm trying to gauge, you know, what type of poem they want want me to write. 
but that's the most difficult. If I'm asked to write a poem for a wedding or a funeral, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if I don't know the individual, it's it's pretty tough. Sure. Yeah, I can imagine, especially so, when you're used to writing things that are so close to your right. own heart. And yeah, that exactly. would be difficult. Um, well, you're going to be appearing at our uh, author fair this fall, so we're going to look forward to seeing you there. Yes. But if uh, folks want to find you before that, how can they get in touch? Well, uh, they can find me on Facebook, uh, listed under Dwight Parrish Author. And that's uh, Parrish with two R's. Parrish with two R's, yes. And also, uh, I will be having a book signing here at the library on the 7th of October. That's right. I saw uh, from that. two to three. Awesome. Uh, and the book Sketches of Me, an Unfinished Poem is available on Amazon.com. Very good. Well, if you folks missed Dwight here at the Maslin Public Library in October, come back and find him in November. I want us to know if uh, there's anything else you'd like to read us, perhaps. Let me see <laughs> here. Sure. This is one uh, we were talking about. Uh, your granddaughter. Yes. And we have a great grandson. Oh, wonderful. Who is about to turn one. (laughs) Uh, So this is a poem about him and it's titled the great grandson spelled S U N Uh. the great grandson. When he looks at me, what does he see? Am I a character Am I a toy? Am I light-skinned like he is? Does he know he's light-skinned? Am I a stranger? Am I adopted? Am I grandpa because I look like his grandpa? Or just somebody his mama knows? When I kiss his forehead, does he feel my emotions? Or chapped lips? like his chapped behind. When I talk to him and he talks to me, are we really talking or is it uncontrollable noise like his flailing arms and legs? I don't know if I'll ever know what he sees, what he knows, but when he smiles, I love him more than yellow cake with chocolate icing. That's perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Yellow cake with chocolate icing. That's that's birthday yeah, cake to my, me. That's my favorite cake. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's going to be really, really excited when he gets older to uh, realize that Grandpa has written a poem about him. I hope. Yeah. I hope. That's beautiful. Yes. Wonderful. Yes. So you mentioned public speaking as a hobby. That seems surprising. I'm sure a lot of people would be scared to death of public speaking, but um, how did that happen? Well, actually, it, it probably took off uh, during my career at American Electric Power mm-hmm. uh, because my job there was the customer services supervisor. Ah. And so I was responsible for uh, 14 individuals across the state in terms of customer service for electricity. And so a lot of my job had to do with public relations. So I had meetings and uh, talks with city governments, you know, public schools, public universities. And that sort of led to 
going out and speaking to students in schools around Stark and Carroll County about electrical safety. Oh, okay. And then that involved in me getting involved with junior achievement and teaching financial literacy in the schools. Now, all of this is part of my job. Uh huh. Uh, and so, you know, working with youth and going into the school speaking, uh, that that just became a real passion and a thrill for me. And, you know, I would be invited to uh, different programs to speak at workshops, you know, during breakout sessions and that sort of thing. And so uh, there was this one uh, program out at Stark State called uh, the Men of Honor program. And every year they would bring in about 200 minority males from the Stark County high schools and they would have a conference. Ah. And so they would always have a main speaker, but I would always be one who did the breakout sessions, sure. one, of the, uh-huh. one of the classes. And so I wrote a five year goal down in, in, in uh, 2015. Well, not 2015, about 2012. And my five year goal was to be the main speaker at this particular event oh. because it held 200 students. And at the end of that fifth year, I get a call from the president of Stark State asking me if I would give the commencement speech. Oh my and there goodness. were going to be about 3,500 in attendance. Oh. At that time in 2017, it was the largest graduating class at Stark State. That's really neat. And so... That spring, I had my stroke and I went into the hospital and for two days they ran tests. And it wasn't until the final test that they discovered it was a stroke, which they did an MRI. And I had never had an MRI and I don't like closed spaces like that. No. So it was interesting because they told me it would be about a 15 minute span. So I practiced my graduation speech during the MRI never opened my eyes going in or coming out. I just did the speech. Uh huh. And so, you know, the doctors were skeptical. My wife was skeptical. And I was saying, I plan to do this speech. So I got out on a Friday. The speech was on Sunday, of Saturday. Same, you mean just uh, two days before? Just two days after I was released. Oh, my goodness. And I couldn't speak. And I actually called my pastor that evening and asked for prayer, you know, explaining to him, boy, you know, I'm supposed to speak tomorrow, uh, but I can't get these words out. Oh, my goodness. And when I got to the event, you know, I advised them, you know, what the situation was and they wanted to know why I didn't call. You know, we Mm. would have definitely found someone else. And I'm saying, no, you wouldn't. So that's why I didn't call. You know, I wanted this. But to make a long story short, I went ahead and, and, and delivered the speech, uh, which I went from my goal of 200 students to over 3,500 students mm-hmm. and parents. Right. So that was the highlight of my my public speaking. But I've just done a lot of public speaking and writing on my job. Oh, my goodness. And it just happened to fall into the category that I was passionate about working with students. So uh-huh. it all just worked out. That is very inspiring. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's a great story. I love yes, that. Yes. Well, I was hoping you'd regale us with another poem, perhaps. Okay, I'll read another one. This one, um, this is, is, is based on the area I grew up in, which is, which is southeast Canton. And um, 
you know, right now it's it's probably the only quadrant of the city that doesn't have a fast food restaurant, a drugstore, a grocery store, uh, none of those things. I think there's one small gas station uh, in the whole southeast quadrant, and that's and, it. and maybe another small store. Mm-hmm. And so this book, this poem reflects that, and and my feelings about that neighborhood. And, and it's actually based on a housing project in that area called Skyland Terrace. And our church partners with them, you know, to have different events, hold different events and invite them over and that sort of thing, you know, as a community. So this is based on that complex and my feelings around uh-huh. that complex. And it's called Abandoned Tracts of Land. Abandoned Tracts of Land. When I look beyond these here walls, I see things that I just have to share. I grew up in a part of the city that's lacking attention and care. I don't see anywhere to buy medicine. I don't see anywhere to buy food. Yet some have the nerve to inquire, just why are those people so rude? When I look beyond these here walls, I see remnants of family and friends. But I also see faces of strangers seeking shelter from very strong winds. I see the despair of the people who struggle with life every day. But I've seen them encourage each other as they go about finding their way. When I look beyond these here walls, I see men who were stripped of their pride. I see some who display their addictions while others prefer just to hide. I see some that I used to play ball with. I see some who have been in my home. I saw dreams that we chased as a kid disappear when we found ourselves grown. When I look beyond these here walls, I see girls who are caught in a bind when they wander in search of affection and end up with someone confined. But their beauty will always be present and their worth to the world remains high. The failures that cause them to fall are the failures that teach them to fly. When I look beyond these here walls, I see 400 children at play. I see some unaware of the danger that lurk in the places they stay. Some have the skills to be bankers and some will be good with their hands, but all can achieve their desires If others will just lend a hand. When I look beyond these here walls, I see one thing that's perfectly clear. It's a world that is so far away, yet a world that is so very near. There is nothing I've done on my own to escape from the view that I see. When I look beyond these here walls, I see people who look just like me. Oh, that's a really hard hitting one. Yeah. And thanks. and I like I like poems that rhyme. Okay. But I think that really made it even more meaningful. Okay. Somehow, you know. Um, well, thank you. And that's you know, we hear people talk about food deserts mm-hmm. um, and sometimes mm-hmm. I think they refer to that in uh, talking about healthy foods, but it sounds like, you know, there are people right here in our community that don't have an opportunity to just run down to the corner store and buy just any kind of food, whether it's a healthy food exactly. or any any kind of food for their children, their family. 
Um, so that's that's very interesting. Yes, to I, hear that. I don't talk about it as much as I used to because I can really get on my soapbox <laughs> about <laughs> that. I mean, I just I love that area. And, and the people there, you yeah. know, and uh, it was just so much different, you know, back in the, you know, the early 70s, mm-hmm. mid 70s. So, yeah. Wow. And that's yeah. right here in our community. Right in our community. Well, Dwight, it's been a pleasure having you. I really appreciate you and your work and hope everybody will look you up on Facebook, Dwight Parrish with two R's. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure being here. Thank you. Hey everyone, this is Jeff, and I hope you enjoyed listening to the Lore the Library Lady podcast. Join us for the local author book fair on Saturday, November 11th, 2023, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. This event is open to all and is held twice a year in both March and November. Browse, purchase books, meet, and network with local authors. Visit masslinlibrary.org for more information. Hope to see you there.